Bible study here on uh, fruit grows where the stream flows. And you know, this really struck a chord with me last Wednesday night uh, while you all were here for the Bible study. We were out in the state of California. I had uh, the privilege to go out on uh, Friday, this uh, past Friday. I preached in the college chapel. I believe there was about 700 or so college students from uh, all over the United States, foreign countries. And we had a chance to go out there and, and preach for them, had a great time. I always enjoy college students and their desire to train, to go out in ministry. But uh, boy, you know, when we lived there, uh, that's a part of what's called the Mojave Desert. And just the word desert uh, paints a picture. Uh, not one that is a colorful one. It's usually one that's dry and dusty and brown and all that. And uh, we got out there and I was amazed. They've had more precipitation than they've had in the past 25 years. Everything was green. The, uh, there's, there's poppies growing everywhere, wild poppies growing everywhere. And, uh, and it, it, just, it just, again, brought home this idea that fruit or flowers grow where there's water, you know? And in our lives, this whole series on Wednesday night's been a beautiful picture of how our lives should be when we allow the Holy Spirit to control our lives, to be filled with the Spirit. And we've been talking about these fruits of the Spirit, and we've been going through this list. And so it says here in verse 22 of chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. Now tonight, we're on the fruit of faith or faithfulness. And if you look at the word faith, faithful, faithfulness, all of those words are really interchangeable. They all come from the same root. So you'll hear me using one of those three words throughout our Bible study tonight. But as we think about this fruit of the Spirit, which is faith. Now, we all understand that it takes faith to be saved, right? Uh, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Um, you know, it takes faith to live the Christian life. It, it takes faith to give, you know. I and mean, when you stop and think about it, I mean, now, uh, again, after you've been saved for any length of time, to me it's a no-brainer because we understand all good gifts come from above, that everything that we have is because of God's goodness in our lives. So certainly the Bible says that we should walk by faith and not by what? Sight. So we understand. See, faith is the way we should live our lives. But understand from this passage, these couple verses and other places, that our life should have the fruit of faith or faithfulness. When we get into this thought, uh, one thing came to my mind because, you know, I think of so many that are great examples of faith, but let me give you one just to kind of help you understand how we're living in a day where not a lot of people are very faithful. Uh, back in when I was graduating from high school, back in uh, 1981, July 29th, all the world was watching a marriage that they said was a marriage made in heaven. 1981, the royal wedding of Prince Charles and Lady Diana. All the world was 
glued to the television. 750 million people watched that wedding. And most of you know that sadly their happiness was shortly lived. Uh, before long, the fairy tale became a nightmare of affairs and unfaithfulness. We're living in a world today that seems like there's a shortage of faithfulness. People being faithful to God and faithful to one another. In the 21st century, this is a true statistic, most marriages are ending in divorce because couples do not want commitment. They say that uh, they don't want to be tied down to one person, so they won't commit themselves. A lot of young people nowadays, they're not even talking marriage because they, they're, they're not interested in, in being committed to an individual in this matter of marriage. But in a sense, when you look at the Bible, faith, if we have faith, okay, and that, that's what I just talked about, if we have faith, that faith should produce faithfulness. They go hand in hand. And because we, as the Bible says, when we got saved, we're rooted in Christ, and because we are saved and we're rooted in Christ, then that relationship we have with Him should bring forth the fruit of faithfulness. Let me ask you this tonight. Do you believe that God is faithful? Yes. Yeah. God's never let me down. Not one promise of God has ever fallen to the ground. God's been, He's been so good in my life. He's been better to me than I deserve. So if the very essence of God is that God is faithful and we are in Christ, then that fruit of faithfulness should be developing in our lives. It should be producing in our lives. When the Lord needed His uh, closest followers, and we just studied that a couple Sundays ago when Jesus prayed that prayer in the garden, it was a time where Jesus, I mean, the, 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 the weight of the sin of the world, our sins, were weighing heavy on him. And it was a time when Jesus needed those that were closest to him. And as he was praying in that garden, guess what? Those closest followers, they were without faith. There were times where Jesus said, O ye of little faith. Sometimes our faith is very small. You know, I never spent a lot of time, I guess you could tell, I never spent a lot of time in the gym. But I've seen some people that have spent a lot of time in the gym and you watch how they start exercising and those little itty bitty muscles, you know, and I see some people and I'm thinking to myself, wow, man, I wonder how long that person's been in the gym. I mean, some people spend their life in the gym, five, six days a week, three, four, five hours. And, and you look at that, well, think about the Christian life. You should be exercising faith. You should be walking around with big faith muscles, you know, big old faith chest, you know. The same is true in our lives is we should be exercising. You think about a lot of great missionaries. One of those that I love to read about is William Carey. William Carey, this is what he wrote one time to one of his friends. These were his words, pray for us that we may be faithful to the end. That's what he asked his friend, friend to pray for him, that we would just be faithful to the end. Remember what Paul said? He says, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've finished my course. 
He was faithful, faithful to the end. Some of you, some of you are such an encouragement to me because a lot of times when we get older in life, we think, hey, listen, I've done this, I've done my part, you know, I, I've this, I've that. And, and a lot of times people, they're just checking out in the Christian life. Thank God for some faithful people. It encourages me to see some of you just continue to be faithful to God. And that's what we need to be is we need to have this fruit of faithfulness. Now, the Lord knew that when we got saved, that this fruit of faith or faithfulness is something that we're going to need in our lives. So I want to show you, first of all, tonight, the example that we have in faithfulness. When it comes to faithfulness, you know, you, you watch athletes and you know, again, I, I, I used to play a lot of sports when I was younger, but I always watched, I didn't idolize certain athletes. I paid attention to some, but I always noticed that there's always some younger athletes that are aspiring to be the next whatever, whatever sport it is. You know, uh, I forget who's the guy that the Phillies just signed for 13 years for 300 and some million dollars. Who is it? Harper, Bryce Harper. 13 years over $300 million, you know, and you think about it, and, and a lot of times these younger guys, they're watching these older players or these players who, who are at the top of their game, and they're aspiring, they want to imitate these individuals, they want to be just like them. Well, listen, I, I'm not interested in being just like Michael Jordan or being just like Bryce Harper, I'm interested in being more like Jesus. See, the Christian, the dream of our life, the goal of the Christian life is to be Christ-like. And again, when you think about faith, I mean, you know, if it's our goal to be more like Christ, then here's what's going to have to happen is we're going to have to quit trying to, even as Greg mentioned tonight in prayer request, we're going to have to quit relying on our own abilities, you know, because we fall short. What we need to do is imitate the best example that we can think of when it comes to faith, and that is God. God is faithful. And so if I want to be a, a better Christian, instead of emulating someone in this world, I want to be more like God because he's the perfect example of faithfulness in every manner of life there is. So notice, first of all tonight, that God is faithful. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without what? Without wavering. Now look at this. For he is faithful that promised. The Bible tells us that God is faithful. So when it comes to our faith, listen, God has been faithful to us, and therefore we need to have this fruit of faithfulness. God is faithful to all of his children. Look at Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Sounds to me like uh, God is faithful in every year of our lives, even, even generation after generation after generation. It's not like God was better to the generations before us and God's going to be better to the generations after us. God's good to everyone. You know, you think about this. How about this? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It sounds to me like God was good because Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. 
See, God is faithful in every area. How about this? God is faithful during times of temptation and trial. Aren't you glad God's faithful in times like that? When you're going through something, when you're going through a trial, when you're going through... Look at the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is, what's it say? Faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that year able. You know, a lot of times when we're going through it, we think that we're not going to be able to come out the other side. You can't see the, the light at the end of the tunnel, right? You know, you're thinking, I'm not going to make it. But just remember and hold on to those words. God is faithful. And He won't tempt you above that which you're able, but will with the temptation, because He's faithful, He'll also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. See, in times, difficult times, even times of distress, God is faithful to care for every one of our needs. God, you remember what David said in the Bible? He says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. God takes care of all of our needs. Listen, God saved you. Do you think... Think about this, it would be unnatural, and this happens in our world today, but it's unnatural, for a mother to deliver a child and then walk away from it. Now, we see that sometimes on the news, but it's unnatural. If we are saved, that means we're born again, we're born by the Spirit of God. God wouldn't save us and then walk away from us. God's faithful in every area of our lives, especially when it comes times of distress, even when we fall short, uh, short of His righteousness, as the Bible tells us. Look at 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our, what? Sins. Okay, notice, He is faithful, and He's just to forgive us of all our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Look, even when we are uh, you know, in sin, when we're short of His righteousness, guess what? God's still faithful. Isn't that encouraging to you tonight? Amen. Knowing that, that even when, you know, we're doing things we shouldn't do. Now, listen, God's not, He didn't give us 1 John 1, 9. You, you remember playing Monopoly and you get the little card that says, get out of jail free? Okay, can I tell you tonight that 1 John 1, 9 is not the get out of jail free card for a Christian? That doesn't mean because you're saved, you can just do what you want, because once saved, always saved. Did you hear what I said tonight? You understand that? See, you know, it's not like God says, a lot of Christians today are choosing to do things that are against the Word of God, and what they, what they say is, listen, I'm a child of God. I know that heaven's my home. Well, that may be true, but what you're forgetting about is something called the judgment seat of Christ. You're forgetting about how one day you're going to give an account to God of the life that you live. So what we need to understand is God is faithful. But notice the second thing here. When we think about being the example in faithfulness, not only is God faithful, but God's word is faithful. Now, why is God's word faithful? Because guess whose word it is? God's. It's not man's word. See, if the, as some people say, well, the Bible's a book of man. No, it's not. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And I'll tell you this, just as our God is faithful, His Word is faithful. Have you found that out in your life? That God's Word is faithful? Every word is true? 
And look what it says here in, in Psalm 119, verse 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. I mean, we live in a world where cultures change, people change, the styles, the fads, circumstances. All those things change, but God's word never does. You know why? Because God never does. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Listen, a long time ago, I realized I couldn't keep up with the fads, you know? Somebody said the other day they were talking about iPhones. They were talking about, uh, you know, the iPhone was started in, what did they say, 2007 or 8, I think it was, and they're on, like, the iPhone 10 now. You know, I'm usually about four or five versions back. You know, and, and I'll be honest with you, the only reason I have one is because all my kids do, and it just interfaces with their phones. That's the biggest reason why I have one. I wouldn't even have a phone if it wasn't for needing to be able to communicate with people the way that we do. But, you know, listen, all these things change. There's, there really are no absolutes in the world today other than God. You know, I'm glad that God doesn't change. Because, again, you, you think about how everything changes we need something in our lives that we can count on, that is faithful, that is always true, that is always there, that is always right. And when we are faithless, think about this, God's Word is still available to us. It's something that we can go to. Look what uh, Paul wrote to Timothy, if we believe not, look at these words, if we don't believe, whatever it is, look at this, yet he abideth faithful. Even in times of unbelief in our lives, guess what? It doesn't change the fact God's still faithful, you know, whether we believe it or not. Sometimes we lose faith uh, when things happen in our lives and we wonder why this happened. And we've all been there. Sometimes we question God. And there's honestly, if it's done with the right spirit, right attitude, there's nothing wrong with, with questioning God, why is this happening? You find people in the Bible doing that. But it is, listen, as long as we, we understand that God is still working and he's, he's still faithful to us during those times, but what happens is when we don't get an immediate response from God, you know, because we live in a world of immediate gratification, you know, that's why we have microwaves, you know, I have to have it now. You know, if you're like me, you pull up to a drive-through uh, drive and you expect, you're like, why is this line taking so long? I'm so bad, I'll pull up. I'll go through a drive-through a drive restaurant and I'll look at my watch when I pull in to order so that I know how long I sat in that, in that waiting line until I got around to the window. You know, I'm just impatient like that, you know. And listen, sometimes when something's happening in our lives and God doesn't work the way we expect Him to, what do we do? We question His faithfulness. How silly of us. God's faithful all the time, is He not? Now, God doesn't work on our timetable. God's ways are not our ways. We begin to question God's faithfulness sometimes because of God's silence. Just because God's silent doesn't mean God does, it doesn't mean he's not working, that he's still faithful. So I look what somebody said, God's delays are not God's denials. Sometimes God will delay an answer. There's a purpose. There's a reason behind it. Uh, we, we just went to that uh, funeral out there last week. 29-year-old young man. You know, I don't understand it. I just know that God makes no mistakes. God is faithful. We may feel like sometimes, and, and really the truth is sometimes we are in the waiting mode, but God is still faithful. 
He's still working in our lives in His perfect timing, but what God is doing is He's growing us. God will grow us through those times of waiting on Him. He'll grow us through His Word. God's Word is faithful, just like God is faithful. So we we have a great example in our life of faithfulness because our God is faithful and His Word is faithful. Now, notice again tonight, secondly, we get some exhortation or encouragement to be faithful. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, and we'll look at a couple more verses from this passage, but verse 2, we know this verse, moreover, it is required in stewards that what? A man be found faithful. Okay, now listen, ladies, understand, this is something for all of us as Christians. Do you understand the concept of being a steward, right? A steward means that it's somebody that's been entrusted with something that belongs to someone else. You realize that if you have money tonight, that all good gifts come from above, right? People say sometimes, well, I worked that job. I made that money. Well, God gave you the health. God gave you favor with that boss. You know, God has been so good to us. He's been so faithful to us. But notice the exhortation here is that it is required in stewards that we would be found faithful. When you think about stewarding, there's, listen, it's not just finances, your life, your family. There's a lot of things that God wants us to steward. Uh, we just had a, a, a baby dedication on Sunday. And I prayed that prayer of dedication with that little baby girl and that that father and mother, that young couple that stood here on the platform on Sunday. And and we talked about how they were were giving that child like Hannah did. They were recognizing that child was a gift from God. You know what they're going to do with that little girl? They're going to steward that child for God. Do you get it? And I challenged them in front of the whole congregation Sunday morning to be a faithful father and a faithful mother to a God who is faithful. The Bible says it's required. Do you get the word required? It's a requirement that we would be found faithful. Uh, you know, anybody ever been out to Yellowstone and seen Old Faithful? Yeah, a couple of you have. You know, that geyser that, that uh, is pretty regular. I mean, it's spews uh, just on a regular basis about 20 to 75 feet it'll shoot in the air and uh, a lot of people go there and when they go one of the biggest reasons that it's such a tourist attraction is because of its dependability because they know that this thing is going to go off and when you talk about being dependable you're talking about being faithful see god's requirement universally for Christians is that we would be faithful, that this matter of faithfulness. Listen, it's not about your talents. It's not about your abilities. It's not about your opportunities. God's requirement for Christians is that we would be faithful. Now, you're exhibiting that tonight because here you are on a Wednesday night. You're in church on a Wednesday night. A midweek, you're being faithful to God. You're being faithful to the house of God. So there's four areas in life that we should seek to be faithful. Look at the first one. You need to be faithful to your workplace. You say, my workplace? <laughs> do, Pastor, do you know where I work? Do you know the kind of place that I work in? Do you know the kind of people that I work with? Well, 
That all, all may be true, and there may be some, some challenges there, but look what it says in Colossians 3.23. Uh, Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Now, you could put in right in there, whatsoever could be your work. Do it heartily as to the Lord. A Christian that's filled with the Spirit of God should have a tremendous work ethic. I just told somebody last week, I said, you know, Christians should be the best workers in any company. The bosses ought to say, you know, I don't know what it is about, you know, brother Guy, that, that, that guy over there named Guy, but, you know, there's just something about him. You know, and, 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 you know it, and by the way, that gives us an opportunity then to, to talk to people, you know, or the boss might ask us. It gives us a chance to witness to folks. And so a Christian should have a faithful work ethic. And, and when I think about being faithful at work, you know what that also means? When nobody else is watching, you're still being faithful. Because I learned a long time ago, if nobody else was around, there was somebody always watching. You know, I want to be faithful at all times. And one way that you can be faithful is you can be faithful at your workplace. The second one is to be faithful to your family. Spirit-filled Christians will be faithful to their spouses. Look what it says here in Ephesians chapter 5. Husbands, love your wives. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. I mean, what is he saying here? He's saying as, as a couple, a Christian couple, be faithful to each other. You know, press onward and upward in, in your relationship with each other. Grow spiritually as a family. I, I love this illustration. I haven't used it for a long time, but maybe you've heard of it. Two frogs one day, they, they were kind of hopping around and they fell into a, a, a thing of cream and uh, they, they, they were just kind of flailing around in this tub of cream. And one of the frogs looked up and he saw how high the sides of the, of the container that they were in. And uh, he swam around for a little bit and he realized, there's no way I'm getting out of here. And he kind of gave up and sank to the bottom. But that other frog, he's in the same batch of cream and he's thinking to himself, listen, I'm going to swim as much as I can for as long as I can. And he swam and swam and churned and churned until all of a sudden he felt something solid underneath of him, and it was butter. And he hopped out of there and saved his life. Can I tell you, even as couples sometimes, both, a lot of times both parts, parties of the family are working jobs, you're trying to take care of everything. Sometimes you get to the place where you feel like that frog is some days all you can do is just kind of keep treading. Just, just kind of keep churning. Just, you, know, you don't know if you're going to get out or not. That's, that's how you feel sometimes. I, I read uh, a while back that Christopher Columbus, who discovered you know, a lot of uh, America and other things like that, Christopher Columbus, he, he, they, they found his diary. It's a true story. And they said that there were quite a few entries that had the same phrase that Columbus had written over and over again. Here's what he wrote. Today, we sailed on. That's all he wrote. Because that's, that's all they were doing. He was just churning for the day, day after day. I mean, some days, that's all they could see was water, no land. 
had no idea. But you know, listen, even while we're, we're like those frogs, you know what? We still need to be faithful. Just continue to trust God. Every day doesn't bring monumental victories, but we can keep treading. We can keep sailing on. God will be faithful to us even during those times. So we can be faithful when it comes to our workplace. We can be faithful when it comes to our family. Thirdly, we can be faithful to our stewardship. And I mentioned this earlier, but look in Luke 16 there in your, in your outline. And these verses, tremendous. Look at this. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. If therefore ye have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if ye have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who will give you that which is your own? We were out in California and, and uh, got to visit quite a few of our friends we hadn't seen in, in quite a few years, I guess now. And a lot of them, at least for the four and a half years we've been here. And one of the guys that I saw is a dear friend. He's a, he, he actually oversees all the maintenance on their property. And uh, they have, I think right now, they've got about 90-some acres of property, building after building after building. He oversees all of that. His name is Earl. And he's just a, kind of a simple guy. And I was telling one of the guys I was spending some time with, I said, you know, I said I loved it out here because you know how I am. I just, I, I love messing with my hands. I like to work with things. I like to build things, you know, the bigger, the better, and the more power tools and all that type of stuff. And a lot of times, I, you know, my wife, she would limit me. She wouldn't let me have a lot of things, you know, as far as tools. You know, it, I had to justify to my wife, you know, if I could get some use out of it. And then she would say, okay, you can get that, you know. I always had to get her permission. And some of you guys don't act like you just go out and do whatever you want because your wife's controlling you too. And, and, and so, uh, so I was out there and I, and I was talking to this one guy and I said, you know, I said, I love being here. And here's why. I said, because behind, and I named the building, behind this building, there was, there's this uh, workshop back there and they've got every kind of tool known to man back there. And I loved it because I, about the first year that I was out there, I discovered that shed back there. And uh, I got to be friends with Earl. And you know, Earl would let me borrow any tool out there anytime I wanted. He never asked me what I needed it for. Now, there, there was one reason why Earl would do that. Well, two. One is because he knew that I was going to treat his tools right. And number two, he knew that I always returned them. How many times do I borrow something to somebody and I never see it again? Now, the question tonight is, if God is allowing you to steward, whatever it is, and you might think to yourself, well, it's not much. Are you being faithful in the least? Sometimes we want more from God. What are we doing with what we already have? You know, he talks about the unrighteous mammon. You know what that's talking about? Things of this world. You know, the things of this world, they're just temporal, you know. God gave us a house. Listen, he gave us that house. We, we, we sleep in it. We try to use that house for the Lord. We have folks over all the time. It's not my house. That's God's house, you know. Uh, that car that we use, it just gets us from point A to point B. We make a lot of visits. We go to see people, uh, various things like that. Listen, I could care less about that. 
we have to understand that we have to be faithful in our stewardship. Look, look at letter D, be faithful to our church attendance. And I know this is kind of preaching to the choir, but the Bible does say, and I look at this verse, we talk about it a lot, but if you really stare at this verse, the Bible says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. What day is it talking about? Yeah, Christ's return, right? When's he coming back? Does anybody know? Soon. Nobody's going to set a date? <laughs> Nobody knows, but do you realize it could be today? And that's why the Bible says, look, encourage people. I do that all the time. Hey, I missed you at church. I text somebody today. See you tonight. You know, it's, it's not because I'm getting on to people. It's because I want them to be at the house of God. I always feel like this. If I'm not at church, I'm going to miss something. That's the way I always felt. Now, some people, you know, a lot of times you miss church. I, here's what I find. You miss one service, guess what? It's no big thing to miss a second. Miss a third. There was a guy here on Sunday night. I said something to him after the service. I'm, some of you may, may have uh, introduced yourself to him. And I said something to him. And he says, yeah, I go to such, such church. He goes, but they, they don't have a Sunday night anymore. You know, we have some of you in here might have been that way. We have people in our church that are members of our church now because the church they used to go to used to have a Sunday morning, a Sunday night, and a Wednesday night. They dropped their Wednesday night. Then they dropped their Sunday night. Now they only have Sunday morning. I'm thankful that there's still some faithful Christians out there who say, hey, I need to go to church more than one time a week. You know, and so some people start to come because they're being faithful in their church attendance. Look, in all these areas, we need to be faithful. Why? Because God's faithful to us. And then notice the last thing that I'll, I'll leave with you tonight is we see the examination of faithfulness. And let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We read verse 2 a minute ago that a man would be found faithful. That's what's required. Look at in, look in verse 3. He says, but with me, it, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of, of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self, for I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified but he that judgeth me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart, and then shall every man have praise of who? God. And we, you know, we're, we're all about you know, somebody recognizing us, getting our name on a plaque, getting notoriety at work, but look, as we think about being faithful, notice letter A, we all have different opportunities. And every one of us, one day we will be examined by God for our faithfulness. Look, if God says to us in verse 2 of 1 Corinthians 4 that it's required, if God places a requirement that a man would be found faithful, why would God put that requirement on us and God not take notice of it? God does. Do you know that God's keeping record? It, whether or not we're being faithful, you're being faithful, I'm being faithful. And God says it's required. God gives to each one of us different opportunities. Look what it says here. Here's a great example, Matthew 25. The kingdom of heaven is, is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants. Now look at this. A man travels into a far country, he calls his own servants, and he delivers unto them whose goods? 
his, right? Do you get the picture so far? He travels, he, he calls his servants, gives them his goods. Unto one he gave five talents, another one he gave two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway he took his journey. He left. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that received two, he, he also gained other two. But he that received one went and digged in the earth, hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I've gained beside them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and what kind of servant? Faithful. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Now, if we continue with that passage, guess what? The one that he gave two, he also was able to have two more. And he heard the same words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. But the one went and hid it. You know, he says, I, you know, I, I heard that you're a hard man and, and you know, I, I, wanted, I didn't want to lose it on and on. He began to make excuses. So when you think about this, God gives us different opportunities. And sometimes people say, well, you know, I, I don't quite understand that. Well, I don't know. You might have to ask God about that someday. Maybe it's that God knows what we can handle and what we can't handle. But to one he gave five, to one he gave two. Hey, listen, I'm just, I'm thankful that I'm a child of God. I'm okay with one. I'm okay with two or five. Whatever the Lord wants to give. Here's what I thought about when I saw this, the five, the two, and the one is, yeah, the gifts were unequal. But think about this. If they were used with equal faithfulness, okay? They were unequal gifts, but if they're used with equal faithfulness, then they were equally rewarded. And that's what you need to see tonight. If we live our lives to please God, in other words, to be faithful, then guess what's going to happen? We're going to have joy in our lives. But if we live our lives and we squander our opportunities, we're not going to be joyful Christians. We're going to be sad. Most of the people, the people that have the things of this world, they're the most miserable people you'll ever meet. And see, we're, gonna, we're going to have different opportunities, and if God gives you those opportunities. Why? So that you can show Him that you're going to be faithful. If you're not faithful with what you have, God's not going to give you the true riches. He's not going to give you more. And so understand that principle. Then notice letter B, that we will be examined according to our faithfulness. If you go back to Matthew 25, look at that one verse there. He says, after a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh. See, He doesn't just give us the opportunity to steward and leave us alone. He comes back and watch this. Here's a good word. He reckoneth with them. Some of you, anybody from the South use the word reckon? I used to have a friend that he'd, you'd say, well, you, you know, something to him and he'd say, yeah, I reckon so. The word reckon means to hold accountable. Did you hear me? He gave you five talents. You know what he's going to do? He's going to hold you accountable. He gave me four children. Guess what he's going to do? He's going to hold me accountable. Whatever it is in your life that God's allowing you to steward, you will be examined according to your faithfulness. Every Christian is going to be examined 
going to be called in, the, in this area of being faithful. Christians are not called to be successful, they're called to be faithful. We need to understand that. We can't take things with us when we leave this world. We all know that. But what we should do is live for eternity. Look at, look at this verse here, Revelation 2, verse 10. Fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that ye may be tried, and ye shall have tribulation ten days. But look at this. Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. So just stay faithful. Stay faithful. Just keep doing what I've given you to do. See, the greatest example of faithfulness, you know who it is? It's the Lord. God is the greatest example, and He's exhorting us, look, I've saved you, and I want you to faithfully serve me. How many of you, someday, your prayer is that you will hear from God, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But here's the catch, the requirement that a found in stewards, that a man or a woman would be found faithful. Let's just be faithful Christians, faithful on our work, faithful to our family, faithful to our spouse, faithful to our church attendance, every area of life. All right. Well, let's pray. Lord, thank you again for being so good, so faithful to us. Lord, for being such a blessing. I pray that you just help us as we leave tonight to realize, God, that we are saved by faith. We should live our lives by faith, but we should have this fruit of faith or faithfulness. Lord, we need to, we need to live a life of faith, and that it needs to be evident for those around us as they watch our life. Uh, Lord, thank you for being so faithful to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.